Happy July 5th, Tom. Happy July 5th. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. We have a lot of each other these, I guess, these the yesterday and today. And it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, me too. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. We went over to your house last night and you grilled for us on the 4th of July and we listened to fireworks and saw a remarkable amount of them, by the way. I didn't right. tell you. After we left oh. up on the hill at the top of your oh, street, wow. there were lots of people just standing there on the corner and looking out and the fireworks from the top of that hill are really cool. So in future, oh, wow. future July 4th, just wander halfway up the block. Okay. You have a solid fireworks display. Fantastic. There. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, we we played a, a little ch game variant of chess that we like to play with a friend who's moving out of town. Yep. And so it was a little bit of a going away get together for us. And I think at the end there was this poignant comment from from our friend David who said, "Oh, we should have done this more often." Yeah, it's one of those things where we used to do this all the time before we lived in the same city, and then we all moved to the same city, and mm -hmm. we stopped. Yeah. It, yeah, which I think we, was maybe predictable, but yes, I think we all felt that way, that this thing that we lost by being all in the same city, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a bummer that we, we stopped doing it. Maybe the, I guess the silver lining is maybe now that we aren't all in the same city. Yeah. We can pick it up online again. <laughs> maybe there's That's room true. for us to pick it up again. That's true, actually. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it did. It was a little bit funny to, to all agree at the end that we should have done it yeah. more often. Yeah. July 4th also had me thinking a little bit about this text, actually, about meditations, mm. because America and the military in particular, which is sometimes associated with yep. being celebrated on the 4th, is also famously in America the, the biggest fans of this particular book that we're reading. Yeah. And I was thinking a little bit more about that. I, I think in our first episode, we talked about what we knew about this text before we were starting. And, and one of the very few things that I knew about it was, oh yeah, Marines or whatever seem to love this mm -hmm. book. And we listened to this guy who said, oh, it's because it's really, it's a useful ph philosophy if you're in the foxhole or whatever, mm -hmm. because it's like, just focus on your own duty and, and et cetera. And that sort of made sense to me at the time. Yeah. But now that we've read some more of the book, I wanted to revisit that thought. Is this a good philosophy for military mm. folks or soldiers or whatever? Because the more I was thinking about it, the less sure I was that this is good, easy philosophy for somebody to who's executing difficult military missions mm. to to work with. Okay, at a glance, yeah, my my knee jerk reaction is still yes because it's like a lot of it is live by your principles and control the things you can control and everything else will fall into place. The I guess if you're in the military, your principles are. Being cohesive is more important than being right or whatever. So you just do as you're commanded yeah. and you do a good job and that's it. Yeah. But yeah. Where Here's what was uh -huh. coming to mind for me. Yeah. I feel like even in our last episode, the last chapter we were reading, there was a lot about making sure that your actions are aligned with the gods and morality. And that's the sort of guiding as long as you're true to yourself and the mm -hmm. universe mm -hmm. than what other people tell you who cares. <laughs> and so it seems to me like sure. it's very much about, in some ways, like figuring out what the moral thing to do is and then doing it regardless of what everybody else is telling you. And that seems like exactly, like very tricky advice for soldiers to follow, especially modern American soldiers. I can see how for, for Marcus's armies, 
it might have felt like the wars they were yeah. fending off barbarian invasions. That feels clear cut, morally good. Yeah. For a, a U.S. soldier deployed abroad right now, boy, seems a That's little blurry. Yeah, we're here <laughs> because of some WMDs? Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. I think this is a text more intended for the commanders. Yeah. Uh, because. It's for, for people who have to make decisions and they need to set principles on how they, they're they going to make those decisions. Yeah. There are people like that in the military, right? If you go high it's, enough up. I think there are probably some people who make decisions somewhere up the chain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to go pretty high, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, it's being written by a guy who is yeah. at that level. But if you're a grunt, then what do you, what, what is your philosophy as a grunt? It's execute. Yeah, it's execute and don't worry about just 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 execute. Is that not a form of stoicism? If you had asked me before we started reading the book, I would have said that is what stoicism is. Yeah, I think I agree. I and now I'm thinking, oh, it's a little more complicated than that. That's a good point. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That I'm not sure that if anything, it almost feels like this text might be if it got into the hands of too many <laughs> grunts could be trouble yeah. because they might say all my commanders running around yeah exactly yeah, why am i listening earthly to this guy desires. he's not aligned with what's in my spirit or right. whatever that's true yeah marcus is getting more philosophical on us yeah in book three i wonder if soldiers could read yeah. in marcus's era like the grunts i'm guessing you know? no yeah so maybe that answers the question sure like, he's sure. writing for the people who can read He's writing for nobody. He's writing. Yeah, he's for writing. Himself. He's yeah. writing for no one. But he really didn't think it was going to yeah. end up in the hands. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, so as we transition to book four, uh, what would we like to bring personally to today's session? Something that I think it's pretty easy to just start with something that's bothering me that I would like Marcus's wisdom on. Yeah. Do you, do you want to go first? I'm happy Sounds to like go you first. have something in mind. Yeah, I'm happy to go first since I sprung the question. Yeah. So this is one of those half-formed, it's not going to be particularly eloquent, but I have this, this classic concoction, especially recently at work, of some version of like restlessness, fear, and guilt, those three. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we're in this kind of off-season time where... I can feel the energy of the company reduced and I feel, I know that there was this journey we were on that is on a, was not entirely attainable right now. And I feel a personal responsibility to be the cheerleader, but at the same time, I've, I'm somewhere in between basically. And what I think is, what I think is happening is it's that last chapter that really spoke to me. It's the lack of principles. I don't, this doesn't fit this period of time where I'll just go ahead and say it since I guess I'm going to go ahead and say it and we'll see if we cut it out later, but we're trying to sell the company, which means we have to operate in a mode that's very different than if we were to try to raise more venture capital. We're not hiring. We're, we're less focused on growth. We're more, more focused on synergies with these potential acquirers and all these things. And so it's this misalignment. There's this, the, the lowest of the low days feel like, okay, I'm, I'm like backstabbing the team, the highest the the sort of the really like if i really sit down and think consciously and force my mind to be principled it's this is i'm making the best of the situation at hand mm -hmm. um but i think what makes it tricky and what i'd like why i'd like to see it through uh meditations today is because 
it doesn't feel principled, right? In, the, in that last chapter, he talks about you pet, you decide either you're, you're going to have these principles or you're going to live like an animal. But if you're going to live like an animal, be an animal. Right. And, and I, I feel like I, I've had these for the past four years, I've had these set of principles that don't align with what's happening for me personally. Interesting. Can you elaborate a little bit on, does it feel like there are, you have principles that are being violated by what you're doing right now? So one of the big principles is work hard, good things come later. Yeah, I say. I've delegated everything and I'm doing a, a job that doesn't require, it, it's not, I, I can't just pour more time into this thing. Like I, I'm yeah. basically, it's a lot of finessing. It's, it's a lot of patience in, instead of being a lot of, okay, I just need to accomplish this yeah. task and do it well and move on to the next task. Right. And so I think that's one big principle I just have a really hard time with is yeah. my, me being productive is, and, and just putting in full work days is not, first of all, I don't, it's not, it's not actually the right thing for the business, right. uh, but it still feels like I'm doing something wrong yeah. by not having it. So that's one principle. Yeah. I think there is an element of, I feel very, I've always believed that money doesn't matter and it's about the experience, about the journey, it's about the relationships you build. And so that's also goes against this part of an acquisition is like that a part of that is money. Yeah. And, and if it was just about the experience, then we would buckle down and just, just cockroach and just keep on building great product. And yeah, but I, I guess there, I guess I'm reaching a stage of my life where maybe that principle is changing a little bit. Mm. I, I, not that like, I, I don't need all the money in the world, but I do feel like, boy, have I, have, a lot, have all of us and, and me included been like sacrificing money for a long time. Yep. Yep. And I, it wouldn't hurt to just, yeah. yep. So I think these are principles that are being violated. I don't quite have a new set of principles yet because I've relied on those old ones for my whole life. Yeah. And so I'm adjusting. Yeah, I say, yep, that sounds hard. It does seem like knowing that, I think you said at the beginning of this, you weren't going to be able to articulate this very clearly. Yeah. That did feel pretty clearly articulated to me. I'm at stage one, which is say it. No, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. no, there's a problem. And this yeah. feels like one of those things maybe to me where knowing there's a problem. Is all it is. And being able to put it into words is a, maybe not all it is, but is yeah. a big part of what you need, especially the first bit about feeling dissatisfied about not being able to just dump your productivity yet into the success of the business or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I get that that feels dissatisfying, but on some level, if you know that you're doing what's right for all of us, that does seem to me like you are still living. There's tension between these principles of yeah. work really hard all the time and be super productive and do what's right for everybody who's here. And it seems like you're implicitly choosing do what's right for everyone yeah. who's here. Yeah. But yeah. I'd... It's been going on for probably eight months now. And mm. it, I know consciously that I'm supposed to feel proud of myself for doing this thing that's hard, that, that is the right thing for the business. But I just, I can't, I, I'm having such a hard time getting over the hump. Interesting. I don't know what it's, Marcus would probably just say, dig into your soul, set your principles, be clear about them. Yeah. Does, did Marcus ever have, maybe he had Trajan who was like, you're doing a good job, buddy. <laughs> good job, buddy. Keep it up. He probably had lots of people saying you're like the greatest emperor of all time, right? Don't you there's, something, there's something 
different mm-hmm. about having supplicants or whatever. supplicants versus yeah. having someone whose opinion you care about opinion you care about yeah. or not even a it's not that I don't care like my I care about my wife's opinion yeah but I just I want someone who's I don't know just like an authority figure Outside in this space objectives. in this particular to tell me I'm doing a great job yeah no it's fine. Fine. Yeah. yeah interesting so I think that connects to this is also only half baked uh but it connects to the thing that came to mind for me about how I'm relating to this text so far over the course of the first three books, which is that I'm more interested by it than I thought I would. I was very unsure when we said out yeah. at the beginning of this podcast whether or not I would be interested at all, in part because I thought it was going to be more military-ish than it turns out to be, which is not very much so far. But there is this thing that is always every time we read it is bugging me with every sentence we read, which is this presumption that Marcus seems to have about knowing how to resolve conflicts of morality or principles or whatever else. It's exactly what you're articulating, I think, where he seems to assume that we all have this sense of morality and we know what's right and you just have to choose to just listen and choose to do it. It's exactly like what you've just described, where two principles that you've long held that have served you well have come into conflict with, with one another in your life. And mm. that creates an unpleasant feeling mm. and some uncertainty about what to do next. Mm. And he is always all around things like that. He skips over that part. And it's, it's always like, just, yeah. it's, and he doesn't even seem to think of it as a question. It's just, well, of course, Mike, you'll just resolve that by what's in alignment with nature and the the way of the world or whatever. Right. Um, and that, I think, it stops me from really using this text that much in my everyday life because it just feels like that is the kind of issue you're articulating is mm. most of the stuff that is hard in life. And I, he doesn't answer me, or at least I haven't figured out how to use him to answer the question. What do you have an application of that problem? Yeah. Is there? Yeah, let me. Because I'm trying to think of one too, and, and the areas that I'm thinking of, I'm all like, all of them. I'm like, okay, I think I know the right answer. I think I know the principle I'm supposed to do here. Okay. I don't. I wonder if there's something about the framing where it's like, he's actually talking about things that are obvious. Yeah. Like even to us. Okay, but let's do you, see. do you think all of life is like that though? <laughs> I mean, if the principles are, if you go down to like atomic principles of of golden rule, and just maybe maybe you can boil it down to a level where the principles you use are obvious enough, where yeah, maybe all of life is like that. But I, maybe we can find an example and that yeah. can help us. Okay. Boy, maybe that's uh, a homework for me for next episode. I don't. Yeah. Have it. Right off the top of my head, I don't. I don't have. A good example of that but i can work on that um so we're trying to find a morally ambiguous problem or it doesn't even a truly morally ambiguous problem probably doesn't happen that much right, right, right. but i think i wouldn't describe the thing that you're going through as morally ambiguous it's more just you're feeling some tension between your principles mm-hmm, or something like mm-hmm. that um oh you're changing principles basically uh or just you have encountered a situation where right. okay. multiple principles you you hold seem to apply and they tell you to do different stuff. And it's now what? I think that is, and it, in your case, it seems like you still know what you want to do, 
Yeah. But it creates this really unpleasant feeling that you're going against your principles in order to do it. I guess that's true. He never right. talks about that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I guess life viewed through Marcus's eyes is just... It doesn't seem like his principles ever change. So it's just a static set of yeah, principles applied yeah. to life every day. Yeah. It, and maybe a sort of benefit of the doubt reading would say Marcus was how old when he started writing these texts. Yeah. He was already a man who had been through a lot and probably yeah. felt, you know what? I have got my principles yeah. figured out yeah. Yeah. and I am moving on to other questions about how to yeah. administer those principles in my life or whatever. Yeah. And so that's what we read in this hmm. text. But it's hard for me not to feel like, yeah, that question of principles have tension. He does this thing all the time about listing like six different virtues in a list being like live just with honesty and justice and virtue yeah. and patience. And it's, yeah, of course, we'd all like to do that all the time. <laughs> right. But sometimes. Yeah. Those That's don't, true. They don't. They conflict uh, or not, it's yeah. at least mm -hmm. not clear yeah. like which one should win or whatever. Anyway, this That's is, a great this point. Is my, this let's is keep my an eye on that. about Marcus. But, yeah. Let's keep an eye on that and see. Yeah. See, yeah, if we can find examples where that doesn't work. Yeah. Tom, what personal thing would you like to bring to today's reading? The thing we talked about last episode that is still probably the thing that's mostly on my mind these days is being single and not super happy with that and feeling a little unsure, certainly wanting to date and stuff, but also dreading it. So feeling that there's tension there too. But is that a tension of principles or is that just a tension of ex execution? It's not really attention to principles, I agree. Perfect application of stoicism. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think you might be right that I could probably use a little more stoicism in my approach to I wonder. I wonder if there is life. actually, you know what, I wonder if it is actually underneath the surface. The reason it feels difficult is because yeah. there is attention to principles. There's some, there's some principle of yours, which is authenticity, and there's some principle of yours, which is you believe that partnership is good. Yeah. And then it's hard to be authentic and date and find. Yeah, I, I think that's perceptive, actually. I think there is, there's definitely truth to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hot. Okay, so Marcus would say justice, patience. Yes, exactly. And what do you do with those things? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. I guess patience. You just say. You pick one. Okay. Seems like a hack. I guess I just meant just. Yeah. Your no, job no. is to date, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to be patient, and it's not going to work out. Or it's not going to be good in, in initially, and I'm just going to do it. Yep. Uh, yep. I agree. Yeah. I think that is the correct perspective. Yeah. And I, like you, intellectually knowing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing yeah. doesn't necessarily make it feel good while I'm doing it. Or make me not dread it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's par for the course for stoicism. Yeah. Marcus I think that, dreads everything, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's interesting. I, mean, I wish I... Yeah, I know. I wish we knew. Yeah. You know, I was looking... Yeah, I was trying to find, like, movies about oh, Marcus Aurelius, and there's dreadfully few. There's huh. a couple. Gladiator. Like, that, right. that he's actually shown on the big screen thinking through difficult decisions. I see. You can understand, with a text like this, how yeah. it would be hard to bring it to the <laughs> silver true. screen. That's true. That's like, true. But I'd love to just yeah, get some visual representations of this guy in my head. Historical depictions of him. The only one I have is is from Gladiator, where he's just I, I a silver-maned, can do no wrong, I see gets it. suffocated by with a pillow by... Oh, I haven't seen Gladiator since I was a little... I'm very young, too young to understand it. We should um, watch it. Okay, yeah. It's great. 
he gets suffocated with a pillow by his son. Is that yep. historically accurate? It's unclear how he died, said, so it could it be. includes possible yeah, murder. patricide, yeah. Patricide. Okay. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like that approach since we're so committed to not really learning history. Yeah. Let's just learn well, some fiction about I, Marcus and fold it in. <laughs> fold apparently Gladiator is decent. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Um, but it, it does seem like a funny thing to do, rather. We could just go read history books. No, but no. now nah, let's use the let's use <laughs> entertainment instead as our yeah. way of learning about him. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. Should we start book four here? Let's do it. Book four. Okay. So this one, strangely, doesn't have a title, right? Yeah, just book four. How did they decide these were different books? Did he run out of pages in his journal? I wonder if they were literally different books, right? Like different whole journals. I guess he does start from number one again. So yeah. Yeah, he must have just run out of pages in his journal. I wonder if, if they were even able. Are these chronological did they just find 12 journals or whatever and be like, okay, I guess this is number right. one and this is number yeah. two. Yeah. They, I, and some of them he scrawled on the cover in Carnuntum or whatever. Yeah. And some of them were just unlabeled journal. Yeah. Interesting. It feels, if, if he was just, it was if it was just a journal that he essentially, and he just needed different, you know, pieces of paper to write it on and he was running out of paper, then he wouldn't start from one again. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I feel like these must be somehow connected thoughts. Yeah. I could not tell you <laughs> what. Yeah, what the... Book three was what? Animal thread. Jaws, How to Act. And, and then... Number one was different. Book number one... Book number one was definitely different. Was a gratitude journal. Yeah. Book number two was epic with when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself. Yes, book number two. Um, but book number two and book number three are pretty similar to my year it's a lot of the yeah. same kind it, the, the format is the same to find a difference yeah. yeah and it looks to me just at my first glance of book number four here that it is generally the same form anyway as books two and three yeah so let's see i think that is something we'll certainly have our eye on here is he changing is book four different why didn't he give this a title meditation he doesn't need to it's yeah. certainly not as if the titles of the previous books helps and added to our understanding <laughs> of them at all That's so true. maybe he just That's true. parsimony here okay book four number one our inward power when it obeys nature reacts to events by accommodating itself to what it faces to what is possible it needs no specific material it pursues its own aims as circumstances allow it turns obstacles into fuel as a fire overwhelms what would have quenched a lamp. What's thrown on top of the conflagration is absorbed, consumed by it, and makes it burn still higher. Wow. Okay. okay. This feels new. Yeah. So on our inward power when it obeys nature. So what does that mean? Yeah. Our inward power feels like a new phrase for him. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I'm interpreting that. When you're basically following your principles. Yeah. When it obeys nature is a familiar phrase. So it seems, yeah. yeah. We have these capabilities when we live the way I'm prescribing that we live. Yeah. And. And it's very powerful. And it's, I think he, what he's also saying here is it's very flexible is that it sure. responds and mm. it, we're, we are limitlessly able to respond to our yeah. circumstances and build this huge flyer, fire of yeah. our former problems. And yeah, this bit about it turns obstacles into fuel Yeah, uh, is very epic sounding like a flame yeah it seems a almost a little bit like cliche or something to be like 
problems are just opportunities type that like yeah. every challenge is good for you and it is a nice metaphor the way fires stronger. work though you know how yeah basically if you like a, a, a log on the outside bark is actually fire retardant and it's very hard to light a log right on the outside but if it's in a flame already then it's fuel i say and the flame is your power is your inner, inner power when it obeys nature in word power in word power so how does this apply to your dating life real quick <laughs> boy <laughs> i mean well if you date in a principled way yeah like, while if being your, authentic if your process is right obstacles will be consumed into flame yeah everybody just gets thrown on the fire right and then. it makes it burn still higher <laughs> yeah, that's a little intense uh the fire overwhelms what would have quenched a lamp. I say, okay. Yeah, wow, very intense phrasing here, yeah. Marcus. But I, this is interesting. I think that he is talking now about human capability or something like that in yeah. a way that he. I don't really. This feels like a slightly novel side to me. For uh, him. That's true. Yeah, I, yeah. It's a little bit more. Here's the upside, mm -hmm. as opposed to don't do this. Yep, that's nice. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. The pros. The pros. Of living stoically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, let's see if this is the beginning of a new, more intense market. It's hard to imagine it being more intense, but... Here we go. Here we are. Okay, number two. No random actions. None not based on underlying principles. Yeah. Period. The end. Classic. Yeah, this we have... If you had told me that we'd already read this bullet point <laughs> in a previous book... I would have believed yeah. you. Okay. So book four, he, he's still on his principles thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder who he's scolding. Is he scolding himself or is he scolding somebody else in his own mind? He's worried that he committed a random action or he saw somebody else do something that he felt was a random action and said that was done. I feel like he, when he talks about other people, it's just a whole different tone. It's just that he's, he's supposed to be kind to other people, remember? Yeah. He's supposed to this one be does, patient and kind with them. This one does feel self-reflective. Yeah. But boy. The only person he's not patient and kind with is himself. Yeah. No random actions is such an intense... Have you made any random actions today? Yes. <laughs> thousands already, and it's only 8 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a, par a, a paralyzing way to live, like to have to think about every action and be like was that random or, or okay that yeah. was based on this principle okay good yeah moving on yes i agree it seems impossible and it seems also what we now know about human decision making and our neurology and stuff says that there's a lot of we make a lot of we make a yeah. lot of our choices like immediately and yeah. instinctively and we don't really we're not as, quite as rational decision makers as we think we are basically yeah. Yeah. and yeah this seems like very difficult to even to aspire to i feel like yeah yeah he loses me here a little bit, I think. Yeah. I, there, there's... Okay, I'm going to go ahead and reference something weird. There's this... When Obama was in power, towards the end, okay, he, he was like, oh, he was just like, all right, I am I did it. I spent did my eight years. He invited... Who's that comedian, the famous... White House Correspondence Center, Michelle Wolf. Uh, no. I, I, anyway, he invited some comedian who does stand-up, and he's David has a book of him, Jerry Seinfeld, yes. to the White House, and they yes. like did a little interview with Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. And in, in, in one section, he's, do you brush your teeth before or after eating? Okay. Or, or something Wait, like that. sorry, who's asking who this question? Uh, Jerry's asking Obama. Oh, it's supposed sure. to be like an expose, getting to know, yeah, you know okay. the most powerful person in the world. Yeah. And, and Obama goes, yeah, before. And Jerry's like, oh, why is that? 
And Obama's like, yeah, that's how I do it. And I don't need a reason. Okay. And. Interesting. I just think that was funny because it could have, I can see from frankly, both of their standpoints being like, okay, this is probably not a super interesting conversation to have yeah. on screen. And, and Obama's like, I don't have a principle right now behind this. So I don't I have nothing interesting to say. So he just went with a thing that actually turned out to be an interesting response. Yeah. That's, uh, that is remarkably, yeah, honest feeling. Yeah. And I guess this coming back to Marcus, it's like the underlying principle is there are things I just do and I don't need a reason for. When when I brush my teeth is an action. I'm just like, I don't, it's just what I do. Yeah. So maybe another way of saying that, I think I'm agreeing with you, is that what he means by action here is a little bit different maybe than what we mean by action because some brushing yeah. your teeth is barely an action. It's a thing yeah. you have to do, but it's in some sense, it's not active. It's yeah. just passive. Yeah. Um, and it's doing it before or after you eat or whatever is not what he's talking about here. Marcus. Marcus, yeah. It, it doesn't rise to the level of an action. And therefore, it doesn't need to be hmm. whether you do it before or after you eat. It does not need to be guided. That's a reading. Yeah, that, that's a, that's like a topicality on the word actions. I meant it more as maybe all of us need a principle that's just like, okay, these things don't matter. I see. Like one example of that, uh, of, a, of a version of that principle is... I just, I make plenty of decisions day to day. I don't need to be, I don't care about little decisions. So you just, yeah. you're just, you order what the person next to you orders at the restaurant. You just, you don't think very much about what kind of underwear you're you buying. You wear the same thing every day. You yeah. wear the same thing every day. Stuff like that. That's a principled way of. Yeah. Okay. You know, yep. I like Otherwise, that. brushing your teeth before food is a random action. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, so we can either play with the word principles or with the word yeah, actions. That's here, right, basically. Yeah, they, yeah that's it's, right. those are our only options because it's a nine-word sentence. <laughs> that's right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, but yes, I think those those amount to the same thing that mm -hmm. he would either, yeah, he would look at this and say, the small stuff doesn't matter, and it's not what he's talking about here. Or very yeah. likely, he has a principle or a concept of action that doesn't include this because it's hard to imagine applying justice, honesty patience to when you brush your teeth right? yes exactly so i think he just wouldn't worry about it yeah and if that's true then this feels like a trade observation to me yeah. with Any the big important decisions, important decisions yeah. don't make them randomly <laughs> yeah, yeah easy to agree with you there marcus for sure yeah that's why i'm reading it as the word principles has yeah. the underline not the word yeah I, I think that's a good argument yeah that makes sense to me okay number three People try to get away from it all, to the country, to the beach, to the mountains. You always wish that you could too. Boom. Which is idiotic. You can get away from it anytime you like by going within. Yeah. Nowhere you can go is more peaceful, more free of interruptions than your own soul, especially if you have other things to rely on. An instant's recollection, and there it is, complete tranquility, and by tranquility, a kind of harmony. So keep getting away from it all, like that. Renew yourself, but keep it brief and basic. A quick visit should be enough to ward off all, and here we have a word that seems like it was maybe lost to history. Well, I'm going to guess ward off all worries or demons yeah. or something like that, and send you back, ready to face what awaits you. What's there to complain about? People's misbehavior? But take into consideration, and here we have a bulleted list, number one, that rational beings exist for one another, that doing what's right 
sometimes requires patience, that no one does the wrong thing deliberately, and the number of people who have feuded and envied and hated and fought and died and been buried. And then ellipsis, and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so shut up, basically, is, is Barkis's advice here. Everyone's trying their best. Nice sentiment. It's, it's, it's like halfway nice. Roughly delivered, yeah. Yeah. But, okay. yeah. Or are you complaining about the things the world assigns you? But consider the two options, providence or atoms. Whoa. And all the arguments for seeing the world as a city. Let's just pause there for a second. This is a long entry. Whoa. <laughs> providence or atoms. I think I know what he means by that, but how are you parsing this? Uh, the words providence or atoms. Are you complaining about the thing the world assigns you? Consider the two options, providence or atoms. So atoms presumably it's just this is physics you can't do anything about this i interpret it as also randomness R oh randomness versus fate versus randomness. yeah either, either the right yeah yeah okay i could see it as as randomness although that is a very there were no atoms in marcus's uh, this day seems like a uh, yeah. translator's license to and what a weird word to translate to i agree i wonder providence yeah. or randomness yeah i want there must have been some sort of Right. Sense of physical randomness that this is complying. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So while we're stopped, sorry, was there yeah. more on Providence or Adams? I, no, I think I yeah. agree with your bars. I go that. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Really relevant idea. Like the grass is greener thing. You can move somewhere in the mountains. It's funny. That's just like for 2000 years, that's yes. just been a consistent theme. Everyone just wants to move to the mountains. And yes, the uh, first couple of paragraphs here sound like the beginning of a mindfulness book written in 2020. In, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that just, yes, it seems extremely relevant, very popular idea. Yeah. Um, so, so you mentioned the thing at the beginning of the episode about what you're struggling with within meditations, which is this, like how to decide between principles yeah. for me. Uh, my gripe with it is essentially what he's saying here, which is don't scratch the itch, just focus and and go within and solve your own problems. Yeah. And I think, I guess my personal principle, my principles around this are like, it's okay to scratch the itch sometimes. And even if it's silly yeah. or whatever, or even if it turns out wrong, it's just important to scratch itches in life sometimes. Interesting. Because it's so much more expensive to live without if you if it's a consistent itch and it's, yeah. if it crosses some threshold then it's just really expensive to keep ignoring it yeah it's just like, yeah you can go within every time and have infinite patience and all these things or you can just go and, and scratch it and then find out and come back yeah interesting yeah i see this all the time with people in oh people have i think a lot of people who are who go to big corporations and have great jobs but also were like very ambitious they over time they feel this urge to like but i need to express my yeah. energy in some pointed way instead of being a cog and it's just like the only solution is that they should just do it i just don't, i don't think it's one of those things where they'll always tell themselves like maybe later at this point i'll do this it's, it's just so expect like they end up getting frustrated more frustrated in their regular job because they ha don't let themselves scratch that itch yeah. And so my take is just, it's not that expensive to scratch it for two years. Yeah. And then come back. And then you'll be happier when you come back. And you think that's against what Marcus would counsel? He, Marcus is framing it as people try to get away from it all and think that's going to solve their problems, but it doesn't. I say. 
I guess that's how I read it. Did you read it differently? I hadn't thought about that example. I Is expressing themselves more individually or like shedding what feels like their role as a cog. I don't know if I equate that with getting away from it all exactly. To me, getting away from it all mm. reads a little bit differently than that. I'm not sure what Marcus would think about the people you're describing right now, but yeah. it's not clear cut to me that he would say, no, continue being a cog. Mm -mm. You'll be, that's... It sounds like mm -hmm. another reading would be those people feel something in yeah. themselves that is misaligned with the organization that they're a part of and they're in a principled way and yeah. they're listening to that. And yeah. He might agree with. Okay. Okay. Them. But so how are you reading it? The getting away from it all, disengaging. I read it, I guess, pretty literally. I understand the feeling he's describing. I think we all have this fantasy. I, yeah. I think literally he uses like geographic examples, but I think. There's also, in the modern world, there's lots of other forms of this kind of escape, like yeah. video games and social media yeah. are all also this kind of escape, basically. Yeah. And we all just want to do this, like, zone out thing. But instead, you should go deep on your soul. Yeah. There is so, some connective tissue, I think, with what we were talking about earlier here, where he's describing this, like, he makes it sound so easy where it's just, like, yeah, just go within your soul and there's deep harmony. It's like a little trick. Yeah. Yeah. Mom discovers one yeah. trick. <laughs> yeah. Everyone hates her or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But he's describing the what and not the how somehow yeah. where it's just, oh yeah. yeah, just go inside. And that's a good point. Blissful harmony is there. And I think most people find it. I mean, what he's describing is something like meditation. Right. And most people I know who, who have done meditation find it very hard at first. It's not the how is the whole process. And not even at first. It's always hard. Yeah, it's, yeah. It just continues to be hard. Right? Yeah. Like, and it's a process of yeah, yeah. dealing with that hardness is the thing, basically. Yeah. And yeah. for him, it just sounds like it's the snap of the fingers. Oh, yeah. Just like these idiots going to the beach, just go right. inside yourself for one second. And right. You'll get the same effect. But I guess. I, interesting. So. Do you agree that you should just cultivate your ability to go inside yourself as a solution to these problems or that it's okay to get away from it all to the country, to the beach, to the mountains? I, I think it's okay to go to the beach or the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's probably possible to think that and agree with him here that you also have other forms of retreat or escape or whatever else that you can cultivate that are available to you at a moment's notice and don't require any planning. Um, I, yeah. I part ways with him on looking down upon people who yeah. travel or whatever. I guess he says a quick visit should be enough to ward off all missing word and send you back ready to face what awaits you. That So he's, he, he's advocating for long weekend and on the beach. Oh, you think so? I don't. I read, I read. It. I read this as, oh, a quick visit to your inner self. Yes, that's how I read it. Certainly. Oh my gosh, you're right. So he, keep getting away from it all, like dash, like that. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he's saying the language he uses. He uses the word idiotic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To describe these people, I think what he's implying though too that we're not really engaging with is that that these people who go to the beach or the mountains fail to actually get away from it all. Right. Even though they've relocated themselves geographically, right. their problems follow them there or whatever. And so it's it doesn't work, which is why he's calling it idiotic. Right. And he says what you actually need to do to deal with your real problems is meditate or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, it seems like there's truth there. It seems like a more nuanced issue. Yeah. I disagree with the notion that it's one or the other. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a, a valid point to say 
geographic relocation is not the same thing sure. as solving problems. Yeah. Solving your problems. I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Mark, <laughs> idiotic feels harsh. Okay. Let's pick up with this entry where he is still yeah. listing the possibilities about what you might be complaining about, basically. Or is it your body? Keep in mind that when the mind detaches itself and realizes its own nature, it no longer has anything to do with ordinary life, the rough and the smooth, either one. And remember all you've been taught and accepted about pain and pleasure. Or is it your reputation that's bothering you? But look at how soon we're all forgotten. The abyss of endless time that swallows it all. The emptiness of all those applauding hands. The people who praise us, how capricious they are, how arbitrary. And the tiny region in which it all takes place. The whole earth is a point in space, and most of it uninhabited. How many people there will be to admire you, and who they are. So keep this refuge in mind the back roads of yourself. Above all, no strain and no stress. There you go. Be straightforward. Look at things like a man, like a human being, like a citizen, like a mortal. And among the things you turn to, these two. One, that things have no hold on the soul. They stand there unmoving outside it. Disturbance comes only from within, from our own perceptions. Two, that everything you will soon, everything will soon alter and cease to exist. Think of how many changes you've already seen. And this is in quotes. The world is nothing but change. Our life is only perception. Okay, we're back to what strikes me as slightly nihilistic, Marcus, mm. here, where sometimes in service of his point, he goes so far as to basically say, Nothing. life's stupid and short and pointless, so who yeah. cares? Um, the whole earth is a point in space. Yep. Yeah. Most of it uninhabited. How did he, he didn't know that this is all just, did Marcus write this? Does he know that most of the earth is uninhabited? Yeah. How does he even just... know what the earth is? Or I guess he thinks it's a flat thing held up by turtles. I actually don't know how, it's embarrassing how little world history I know. Did they know that the earth was round at this point? I think they might have. Didn't like Greek geometers figure that out? I agree that they can't have known that the earth was mostly uninhabited. But I think they knew that the earth was round and maybe mostly covered with oceans. There's a, a decent right. guess that okay, it's Okay, maybe. I guess we, we could have done this thing where we knew it and then forgot it. And then I think that is the, again. that is the yeah. claim, actually, is that I see. as okay. soon as you master trigonometry, you wow. can figure out the earth is round and how big it is, basically. So advanced. Yeah, they were clever guys. Okay. So I don't, whether or not Marcus, how much of that Marcus really knew, IDK. Yeah. No, but you're right. So he goes back to nihilism. But it's in service of his. Yeah. He it, deploys nihilism as like, a, since everything is short and pointless and stupid and yeah. you are just a speck of dust, live according to what's in your spirit. And quit worrying about all your complaints because in the scheme of things, they don't matter. These are just strategies to help you with meditation, basically. Yeah. So the the, the thought is, um, the answer isn't to isolate yourself. It's to go within and keep your mouth shut and... Determine what's bothering you. I think he's implying that 
whatever's Prob- bothering you isn't actually a problem because your probably soul is immovable. Yeah, probably one of yeah. the it's your whatever's perception. bothering you can yeah. be boiled down to one of the things I have just listed. Yeah, yeah. And none of those are really things to worry about because they're all the normal workings of the world. And if you just yeah adhere to what's yeah. in your soul, then none of them should really worry. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. For for if your job is to senior is a senior military of position where you need to stay in your post yeah and do the work mm-hmm. this is a good chapter to read like you can't have all these like commanders in the military going to their beach houses in hawaii that's true although it is scary i think to have them in such close proximity to this much would feel like nigh <laughs> it doesn't really matter right. it's, all, it's all just yeah oh okay everything passes yeah you kill a couple people who shouldn't have died just things that... that have no hold on the soul yeah <laughs> <laughs> it seems like, in some ways, the reverence for life here is pretty low. That might be a good thing if you're a general in the military. Yeah. I mean, that's the point, <laughs> is if you're tasked to drop the bomb on Nagasaki, remember that things have no hold on the soul. Boy, I don't know. I wish those people would. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, yeah. But I guess... This feels like earlier in the book where I have some distance from Marcus a little bit because I'm so sensitive to the what feels like uncaringness yeah. that he has yeah. at times. No. Okay. Number four. If thought is something we share, then so is reason. What makes us reasoning beings? If so, then the reason that tells us what to do and what not to do is also shared. And if so, we share a common law, and thus are fellow citizens, and fellow citizens of something. What? And in that case, our state must be the world. What other entity could all of humanity belong to? And from it, from this state that we share, come thought and reason and law. Where else could they come from? The earth that composes me derives from earth's the water from some other element, the air from its own source, the heat and fire from theirs, since nothing comes from nothing or returns to it. So thought must derive from somewhere else as well. Wow. Very metaphysical, Marcus, here. All of a sudden, doing philosophy, like, yeah, doing philosophy in the sense of logical statement, logical statement, syllogism, follow-up, corollary. Yeah. So what I do don't mean? know if I follow it. It's- Okay, I think I can understand the beginning. We all seem to think. And reason is this thing that underpins how we all think. And we all share reason. And reason, what it is something that tells us what to do. Yeah. And another way of articulating a common shared thing that we have that tells us all what to do is law. Sure. So we share law. But if we share law, that means we're citizens. Because we live under a shared law. So there, he, so he's, logic unites us all. Yeah, reason the, unites us all. Reason is like an, uh, the, the shared citizenship of humanity or something like that. That it makes us all the same. And part of the same thing. And everything comes from something. Yes. The part at the end about the elements is where I get. The thought must also come from something. 
Yeah. Here I have to, I mean, that everything comes from something as an assumption. Yeah. We, I guess we just have, that's, I think that's pretty sound. Nothing comes from nothing. That's very, isn't that, I guess that's Newtonian. Except for the theory about how the universe came into existence to begin with. Right. We think we don't, we yeah. can't answer that question. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, this is, this, he's got this whole, he did the, and all the arguments of seeing the world as a city in the last section. So he seems to be circling this concept of, is is this barbarian stuff? Is he like dealing with how to. Oh, that's interesting. How to think about the people he's fighting. Why else would he be writing about this? For the first couple of paragraphs, yes. I think that makes sense that, oh, we should view all other thinking beings as yeah. our fellow citizens. And in the end. I yeah. still. I don't that it. last yeah. sentence. Usually, I feel like he arrives at a point by the end of the yeah. <laughs> these things, and he says, yeah. "So thought must derive from somewhere else as well." I don't know what. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But I, I can't tell if he thinks he's figured out where it's derived from, or if he's saying, "But IDK, what that is." I, I I can follow him as far as thought must come from somewhere. Comes from reason. Okay. And reason is what unites us all. But he starts with, if thought is something we share. Then so is reason. That feels, last sentence feels, also makes no sense. But... Feels circular to me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Weird one. You're, he's dipping his toes in what feels like. It's a humanitarianism or something. And more straight up. Like philosophy. Recognizable yeah. philosophy yeah, yeah, yeah. as we would think of it in the modern day. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. Number five. Death, something like birth, a natural mystery, elements that split and recombine. Not an embarrassing thing. <laughs> Not an offense to reason or our nature. Period. Cool. Yeah. He's describing death as a normal thing. It's not, I like the not an embarrassing thing. It's like one yeah. of those classic, say, you say a thing that makes it obvious what you really think. <laughs> it's, it's I would true, be so yeah. embarrassed he's, to die. He's telling on himself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's um, another way of looking at it. He's definitely thinking about death. Yeah. And he needs some comfort that it's, yeah. it's going to be fine and not too bad if he dies. It's not an offense to reason. Yeah. It's interesting that he's worried about embarrassment yeah. seems like it's usually the last thing on his mind in general. He that's true. Care, like, that's true. Embarrassed. Yeah. Who would he be embarrassed in front of to die? <laughs> would you well, be? Yeah. Oh, oh, I guess he gets killed in battle. I say, okay, then that would be like an, an embarrassment, an insufficiently noble end for him. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be funny. Just, I'd be so embarrassed to just die <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's, it matters so little ones you're dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is funny. That is a funny it, idea. It feels almost, yeah, like he's a teenager. Yes, yeah. very worried all of a sudden about what everyone thinks about him <laughs> in a way that he usually seems to give less of a shit than anyone I've ever thought of. Yeah. Huh. Full of contradictions, this guy. Number six. That sort of person is bound to do that. You might as well resent a fig tree for secreting juice. Anyway, before very long, you'll both be dead. Dead and soon forgotten. Wow. 
who is he referring to? That uh, sort I, of person. I love it. The whole book, <laughs> the whole book just boiled down into three sentences. <laughs> you might Very helpful, Marcus. Yes, you that's just the person. A <laughs> uh, okay, you might as well. He said, yes, people are the way they are or whatever. What, dying all the time? Or No, I think he's just saying that you can get mad oh, at people. Just, okay, yeah, just full stop, new concept. There's a person that you're upset at. Yes. And they're yes. bound to do that. Yes. You might as well resent a fig tree. Yes, because it's just what they do. And they'll be dead anyway, so yeah, who cares? Yeah, gives a shit? You're both going to be dead, okay, so quit being petty. <laughs> people are just like that. They're dumbasses. They just good. The things they do are secreting juice, essentially. All right, thanks, Marcus. <laughs> this one, again, is now, pretty much feels like nihilism to me. Okay. Okay, number seven. Choose not to be harmed, and you won't feel harmed. Classic, Marcus. Don't feel harmed, and you haven't been. Yeah, okay. This one is hard to live with, yeah, too, Marcus. Just... Sometimes people are harmed. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, I guess, maybe there's something you can choose to... It'd be so annoying to, to complain to Marcus. Yeah, <laughs> imagine something bad actually happens to you, and he yeah. says, just choose not to be harmed yeah. by this. Yeah. yeah, this one doesn't work for me. I made to meet him more than halfway. There's a way to don't play the victim is what he's saying yeah. here. And yeah. Okay, number eight. We're on a string of very short bullet points from Marcus. Maybe he was busy. Eight. It can ruin your life only if it ruins your character. Otherwise, it cannot harm you inside or out. Yeah. Classic. Same, same sentiment as before, I think. You are your own master. Number nine. It was for the best. So nature had no choice but to do it. Boy, what is Marcus going through? <laughs> Something is happening. Something's, yeah. yeah. Something that he really cannot commit even a single detail of. <laughs> it just has to be it and that. Okay, so so starting at six, someone did something to him <laughs> that could have harmed him, could have ruined his life, but it was for the best. Yeah. It's all extremely abstract. Yeah. And it all feels like reflexive comfort for something that happened that he didn't really like. Yeah. But what exactly that was, hard Boy, to say. Boy, book four. Book four, a little tougher. I Yeah. I'm... <laughs> you know there's like nine books in this. I think it's more than that. You'll find it. <laughs> oh, yeah? I think it's like... There's 12... Oh, there's 12 books. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yes, we are right. just over a quarter of the way now through this exercise. Uh, okay. I th I think the thing that we we're learning is that this is it's not a traditional text. It no, doesn't it's not. change. It doesn't have a narrative. It doesn't have a narrative arc the way we're all accustomed to with books. And so this podcast is very much about what we bring yeah. to this text every yeah. week. Yeah. So we'll have something new to bring to it next week. Thanks, Tom. All right. Bye. Bye.